Hey everyone, welcome to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts, where every week we cover the latest in music news, reviews, interviews, releases, discovery, history, and more. I'm your host, Chris Zappa, and as always, the world of music is a busy place, so without further ado, ground control to listener, take your protein pills, put your helmet on, this podcast ain't gonna listen to itself... Hey everybody, welcome back to Zappagram, the mother of all music podcasts and newsletters. This is episode 67. I am your host, Chris Zappa. I'm very happy to be here with you uh, after what has been a kind of a rough week. Um, as everybody knows, you know, this past week we lost uh, two greats in the, the world of, of music and in the world in general. Uh, Sinead O'Connor passed away this past week at the age of 56 and... Um, Randy Meisner from the Eagles passed away at the age of 77, both of whom I was a, a huge fan of their their life, their work, their music, and it's uh, very sad that they are gone. It's, uh, it's really starting to bum me out, man. Um, we're losing a lot of great people this year. I mean, those two, who else have we lost recently? Uh, George Winston, Harry Belafonte, uh, David Crosby passed away not too long ago. Tina Turner, Andy Rourke uh, from the Smiths, um, just so many great artists. Uh, Tom Verlaine. And, you know, it's, this is just going to keep happening. Jeff Beck, I keep thinking of, of other ones. It's just going to keep happening as um, everybody continues to, to age and as uh, life continues to get harder and we lose more and more uh, people to uh, mental health issues, you know, that it's just really sad. And so it's been a, a rough, hard, sad week uh, because of losing the two of them. And I feel like every week, you know, I have to report on someone new that's awesome that has passed away. Last week it was Tony Bennett. And and now here we are this week. Um, so there's uh there's a lot more to talk about with regard to all of that later on in the show something else that uh, happened this past week that i thought i would bring up today and mention uh this was yesterday actually get an email yesterday i see the notification pop in and i glance at it really quickly and i could see that it was from mark ronson you know who mark ronson is mark ronson uh producer uh musician uh, very famous producer and musician, Mark Ronson. I mean, he's worked with everyone from Amy Winehouse to Adele to Lady Gaga to Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, just the the list of, of, of his collaborations is uh, long and great. And I was like, Mark Ronson, like Mark Ronson, Mark Ronson. I opened the email and it says, uh, keep up the good work and keep sharing the love and light out there. Kind regards, Mark Ronson. And I'm left a little befuddled. Okay, so a couple of things about this whole Mark Ronson email thing. Um, if this was a spam email, right, somebody pretending to be Mark Ronson, with any spam email, there's, there's a link in the email, right? There's always a link. You know, click this or click here or check out my... There's none of that. It just keep up the good work and keep sharing the love and light out there. That's all it says. There's no links. There's no nothing to click on. And, and kind regards, Mark Ronson. And I'm just like, what? So that makes me think it's not spam. 
Because again, there's no, there's no, there's no invitation to do something, to click on a thing or to check out a thing or whatever. That's it. It's just a plain, simple, short and sweet email um, from him at what I assume is, it looks like his email address to me at my email address. Second of all, if you're going to send someone an email in, in a, in a scammy, spammy sort of a way, why, why Mark Ronson? Like if you are, if you're in the world of music, uh, you know who Mark Ronson is, but if you're not in the world of music, you probably don't know who Mark Ronson is. And I'm in the world of music. So obviously Mark Ronson is like a hero to me. I think he's awesome. I love him and all of his work. So yeah, I just, I'm so confused by that. Like did Mark Ronson really find, you know, Zappagram and, and was saying, keep up the good work and, and just drop me a quick little nice friendly email, like trippy man. And again, the reason I don't think that this is spam is because there's no, there's no invitation to click anything. There's no, there's nothing to click. Um, so yeah, I really don't know what to think of that. I mean, it's very cool if it's real. Okay. But just, I don't want to harp on this too long, but again, if you knew, if you, if you were in the world of music, you know who Mark Ronson is. If you're not in the world of music, you don't know who Mark Ronson is. So, you know, if this were some fake email, you know, if it had said, you know, keep, keep up the good work, best regards, Barack Obama, I'd be like, yeah, okay, right, sure, whatever. But Mark Ronson, huh, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Hey, um, I mentioned last week that I started selling t-shirts, uh, these cool t-shirts that says will work for vinyl on the front and on the back, it says zappagram.com. They're at the top of the newsletter. If you're subscribed to the Zappagram newsletter on Substack, uh, if you're not, be sure to check that out, zappagram.com. But I changed the design up on the shirt a little bit. Uh, the old design from last week, it was a bigger design that covered more of the front of the shirt. This is sort of a, a smaller, more compact design, uh, the, you know, uh, across the chest part of the shirt. So um, if you would uh, be so kind, check that out. You can check out the link to them in the newsletter. You can also go to chrisappa.com and click on the merch section and that'll take you there so you can see these shirts. I think uh, I think they're cool. I think you'll like them. And uh, owning and wearing one of those babies is a great way to help me spread the word about the podcast and the newsletter. So be sure to check that out if you would be so kind. It's another way to support me if you uh, if you enjoy what I do every week here. So yeah, thanks very much. Every week, I kick off the show with a quote, and this week's quote comes from Sinead O'Connor from a, a lyric from, from one of her songs, actually. To say what you feel is to dig your own grave. That's from one of her uh, greatest songs, I think, uh, Black Boys on Mopeds, which was from her 1990 album, uh, I Do Not Want What I Haven't Got, uh, which is where I first became a fan of her. Uh, I think, you know, it was just like so many people when she blew up with um, Nothing Compares to You uh, that year. I discovered her then. Um, but then I got that album and uh, Nothing Compares to You is a beautiful song. Um, but then Black Boys on Mopeds and The Last Day of Our Acquaintance were two other songs on that album that I really gravitated towards as a, oh, I don't know, what was it, a 15-year-old? 16 year old, something like that. 
Um, anyway, became a major fan of hers then. And so to say what you feel is to dig your own grave, that line from that song, um, you know, that couldn't have been written by anyone, um, other than her who, who could stand behind that phrase any more than she did, you know, the way that she really put herself out there and was, was brave, uh, in her defiance, of the uh, abuse that was happening in the Catholic Church and how she called that out by ripping the photo of the Pope up on Saturday Night Live and, uh, you know, effectively uh, derailing this career that she had that was really, really taking off. But she didn't give a fuck, and I think that's what's so brave and, and brilliant about her. So it just felt worthy that, that that quote should be our quote of the week. Something else that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the show, but uh, made my poll this week, rock the vote. I want to know, Spotify is raising subscription fees by $1. Do you care? No, it's only $1? Yes, I will cancel my subscription, or I don't use Spotify. Those are your options. Hit the poll in the newsletter and uh, sound off. Every week in the newsletter and in this here podcast, I include a weekly playlist of uh, new music uh, that I've discovered that past week. Maybe it's new music that's just been released. Uh, maybe it's older music that I just want to highlight for some topical reason. Got a little bit of both this week. So uh, I want to talk about the artists that are on this week's weekly playlist. Of course, I've included a couple of songs from Sinead O'Connor. That song I was talking about, Black Boys on Mopeds, is uh, first up. And then, I, in, instead of Nothing Compares to You, because everybody includes that, um, I included her cover of Nirvana's All Apologies. I, uh, I think it's a brilliant cover of that. I've also included Take It to the Limit, the live version uh, from the uh, 1980 live album that the Eagles put out, featuring Randy Meisner on lead vocals. I also have a, I have a friend named Adam Simons uh, that I've discovered via TikTok and a beautiful singer-songwriter. And he covered one of my favorite songs of all time, I'm on Fire by Bruce Springsteen. It is my, hands down, my favorite Springsteen song and one of my favorite songs, period, of all time. And there's something about that song that's, it's a beautiful song and it has this like longing late night haunting sort of quality to it and a lot of people have covered this song and over the years and I just I I just always prefer Springsteen's version the original version you can't you can't best it you can't top it you can't even match it and so I see anyone who's covered I'm on fire and I'm like eh, and I listen to it and I can't give it a shot but it's all it's never never a win but Adam Simons has covered that song, and he did an amazing job, like amazing, best cover of I'm on Fire I've ever heard. And uh, it, it still maintains a lot of that uh, that haunting sort of uh, the, the quality that, that the original version has. So I, I think it's beautiful, and I wanted to share that with everyone. Uh, some other great new music that have come out this past week from uh, other friends that I have on TikTok. Hoax has a new uh, single out. Say She She. Uh, my friends in Safari Room have put out a new song. Bethany Cosentino's new album, Natural Disaster, dropped, and I have a song in there from her. My friends in Proper Pet have a new song called Fuck 'em, And oh man, it's so good. 
Uh, so you got to listen to that. The Kills released new music this past week and uh, uh, two tracks. And I put both of those tracks on there as well as a song called Vampire from a new friend uh, who has a band called Friendship Commanders absolutely kicks ass so everybody be sure to check that out that playlist is number 67 it's available on both spotify and apple music you can search for it on those platforms or you can link to it directly from the link in the newsletter but hey do you know what time it is now it's time for this week's music news as i mentioned at the top of the show a lot of sad news to uh, just go ahead and get out of the way at the top of the show here Um, from this past week Sinead O'Connor the fiery Irish singer-songwriter whose striking voice briefly made her an unlikely pop superstar while her bold public stances on child abuse, war, and organized religion made her a controversial figure, has died at the age of 56. O'Connor's family confirmed her death this past week in a statement to Irish news network RTE, saying, It is with great sadness that we announce the passing of our beloved Sinead. Her family and friends are devastated and have requested privacy at this very difficult time. No cause of death was provided. However, there's there's a lot of speculation that uh, that her her death was at her own hand. Um, she had struggled with uh, severe depression, and her own son, who she loved deeply, uh, took his own life about a year ago. And uh, she had just had an increasingly harder and harder time uh, with his loss um, over over the the last year, and and it seems as though. Um, she may have, you know, just not not been able to go on anymore. In the 90s, O'Connor became nearly as well known for her unyielding public actions as for her music. Uh, she refused to appear as a musical guest on an episode of SNL hosted by uh, misogynist comic Andrew Dice Clay. That summer, she would not allow a, a New Jersey concert venue to play the U.S. National Anthem before a performance. In response, some radio stations stopped playing her music altogether, and uh, Frank Sinatra threatened to, quote, kick her in the ass. Real nice. Along with Public Enemy, she boycotted the 1991 Grammy Awards to protest the first Gulf War, uh, but her most controversial act, of course, was probably the, uh, the time she ripped up a photo of the Pope on Saturday Night Live and saying, fight the real enemy, as she ripped that photo up. I remember watching that performance and just thought, you know, how badass that was. At the time, little did we know all that we would come to learn in the following years about the rampant sexual abuse um, of children uh, perpetuated in the, the Catholic Church that she was she was trying to draw our attention to. And um, she herself had been horrifically abused as a child. She was just just so brave in, in the stances that she took, you know, to great cost to herself. But uh, but that be damned, she, she had to speak the truth. And she told Rolling Stone in an interview uh, back in the 90s after the whole uh, after the whole incident happened that uh, it's not like I get up in the morning and say, okay, now let's start a new controversy. I don't do anything in order to cause trouble. It just so happens that what I do naturally causes trouble. And that's fine with me. I'm proud to be a troublemaker. But, uh, you know, that is that is good trouble, as the, the late Senator John Lewis would, would call it. That's good trouble. We need more people who are good troublemakers, like Sinead. 
In further terribly sad news, as I mentioned also at the top of the show, Randy Meisner, co-founder of the Eagles and Take It to the Limit singer, has passed away at the age of 77. The Eagles confirmed Meisner's death in a statement on their website stating that he died from complications from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD. The Eagles are sad to report that the founding member, bassist and vocalist Randy Meisner, passed away in Los Angeles, Randy was an integral part of the Eagles and instrumental in the early success of the band. His vocal range was astonishing, as is evident on his signature song, Take It to the Limit. That song, released off of 1975's One of These Nights, showcased Meisner's talent, and his soaring falsetto was so iconic that it later inspired Fred Armisen in The Blue Jean Committee, his 70s parody rock band with Bill Hader from Documentary Now. Of course, in addition to working with the Eagles, he had his own solo career prior to the Eagles, he had uh, he was in Poco, which was sort of a spinoff of uh, Buffalo Springfield, and he was also in Rick Nelson's Stone Canyon Band. He later became a member of Linda Ronstadt's backing band, and uh, and alongside with Don Henley, Glenn Fry, and Bernie Ledden, uh, then he got together. The Eagles were born, and the rest, as they say, is history. And if there wasn't enough death in this week's show, Neil Langford, former Shins bassist who played on their first album, has also passed away at the age of 50. He played uh, bass on O Inverted World, the band's first album. That was when I first got turned on to them. He was found dead last uh, this past Friday uh, near a private dock in North Carolina where he lived. Foul play is not suspected, but an investigation is ongoing. I'll keep you updated if there's any new news breaking on that story. In other news, uh, Milo Ackerman of The Descendants is recovering from surgery after having a mild heart attack last week. The band had a run of European shows scheduled, but they are canceling the European shows after Milo's heart attack, uh, saying that he's going to need a lot longer to recover from from the heart attack and from the resulting surgery. So uh, it's going to be a while before they can hit the road again, but I wish him a speedy recovery and hope the band gets back out there and back at it uh, when he's well and ready. Hey, remember the old Carol King song, I Feel the Earth Move Under My Feet? Remember that song? Well, Taylor Swift's fans were feeling the earth move under their feet this past week. Seattle hosted the Eras Tour, and Swifties in Seattle caused a 2.3 magnitude earthquake at both nights of the concert there. Swifties, of course, are known for breaking records. They have earned a reputation uh, for that. From streaming numbers to vinyl purchases... But uh, after the singer's recent era's concert tour in Seattle, they've added seismic activity records to their list of accomplishments. According to seismologists, the audience that packed into Lumen Field across those two nights caused seismic activity that equates to a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. Back in 2011, uh, Seahawks running back Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch made a touchdown that sent the crowd into such a frenzy that the event registered as between a 1 and a 2 magnitude earthquake. A uh, seismologist a group on Facebook has pointed out the comparison between the Swifties causing the earthquake and uh, that beast quake of 2011, the great beast quake of 2011. The difference being, though, that the uh, the shaking of the Swifties was twice as strong as the beast quake, uh, absolutely doubled it. The uh, primary difference was the duration of the shaking. The cheering after a touchdown, you know, lasts for a few seconds and then that's it. But uh, the uh, the Swifties were, were rocking it for a good, you know, three hours, three plus hours. So not only were Swifties shaking it off, you may also say they were shaking it up. Thank you. Thank you, folks. I'll be here all week.
Jack White and his label Third Man have partnered with Everything But The House to auction memorabilia from his garage and the label's archives. A portion of the proceeds from the auction will benefit Southwest Detroit's Clark Park Coalition. The items on offer range from musical gear and musical video set props to furniture, electric vehicles, and mechanical novelties of all sorts. Jack's uh, acoustic guitar from the We're Gonna Be Friends music video, his uh, blue Ernie Ball guitar used on his Boarding House Reach tour, uh, all sorts of gear from Third Man Studios, props from the Tours, Consolers of the Lonely album shoot, and, uh, and also Jack White's personal 2013 Tesla Model S. He's uh, no longer a fan of Elon Musk and uh, has decided to uh, finally, you know, totally cut ties and get rid of his Tesla, too. And you can go to uh, Everything But The House, uh, which is uh, ebth.com, and check out all of these items for auction. There are currently 104 items listed and uh, there's there's just about everything you can think of on here. I mean, from guitars to uh, arcade claw games, a drum set, the White Stripes drum set with the the like swirly red and white peppermint pattern on it. Um, there's there's furniture and there's individual things like cymbals and speakers, old church pews, like all kinds of of really cool and weird stuff on here. And you know, some of it like the uh, the drum set I was just talking about, like the current bid on that is up to almost fifteen thousand bucks but there's some stuff on here that uh you know you you could uh maybe call it affordable um like there's there's certain pieces of furniture that are like 60 bucks it's pretty cool anyway if you want to check this out the link is in the uh in the newsletter to the article about this and from that you can link over to everything but the house or just go to ebth.com and check it out the Grateful Dead are no longer. Dead & Company also, of course, has the spinoff of The Grateful Dead. They have wrapped up their final show of their final tour, but uh, it's been 50 years since The Dead released Wake of the Flood, and the band is celebrating by reissuing the album in a new deluxe package, which is due out September the 29th. Available on a two-CD or a single vinyl, uh, Wake of the Flood 50th Anniversary Deluxe version features the album's original seven songs as well as previously unreleased demo recordings of Eyes of the World, and Here Comes Sunshine on one side, while the other houses a recording of Grateful Dead's November 1st, 1973 concert at Northwestern University's McGaw Memorial Hall. A limited edition 12-inch vinyl picture disc, limited edition Coke bottle clear vinyl, and limited edition watermark custom vinyl will also be available. Pre-orders for the reissue are going on right now. In other uh, reissue news, The Cure's Double Live album Show is being reissued on vinyl for the first time since its initial release in 1993. The fresh repressing was remastered by Robert Smith and uh, Miles Scholl at Abbey Road Studios. The reissue was initially made available as a limited edition picture disc for Record Store Day 2023, but it will receive a wide release on uh, double black vinyl beginning September 8th. Pre-orders are ongoing now. In further reissue news, Huey Lewis and the News' Sports is receiving its uh, new reissue for its 40th anniversary. It is hard to believe and a little bit humbling to realize that that's uh, turning 40 years old. 
When sports came out in 1983, Huey Lewis and the News were really blowing up, coming into their own commercially and artistically. The whole album had a crisp, clear sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gave the songs a big boost. And now, to celebrate its 40th anniversary, uh, Capitol has reissued a new vinyl reissue of the album. Due out September 15th of this year, sports will be repressed on limited edition olive green vinyl and classic black vinyl. Pre-orders are ongoing right now. Now, another wonderful Irish singer-songwriter is in the news this week. Glenn Hansard has announced, All That Was East is West of Me Now, his first solo album in four years. The project is due out October the 20th. The lead single, The Feast of St. John, is available to stream now. Rather than working out new songs in solitude or road testing compositions while on tour, Hansard began preparing All That Was East Is West Of Me Now by playing a five-show residency in a small pub in his uh, native Ireland last November. Uh, it said of the gigs, I told no one. We set up in the corner and played to the locals, some of whom were only half listening, a collection of farmers and workers, dart players and pool sharks. I can almost think of nothing cooler than stumbling into a small pub in Ireland, and Glenn Hansard is set up in the corner playing songs. His last album was in 2019, called The Wild Willing, and he has a North American tour planned with uh, collaborator Marketa Irglova uh, from Swell Season, the, the duo that they, they formed known as Swell Season. Uh, that North American tour is uh, mapped out for this summer. And then in September, he'll be performing at uh, Eddie Vedder's Ohana Festival before embarking on a run of solo shows across Europe. You can see his full tour itinerary at the link in the newsletter. In further good news, another favorite artist of mine, Nick Cave, has confirmed that a new Bad Seeds album is almost finished that will mark the band's first release in four years. This good news of the album being almost finished comes ahead of Nick Cave's upcoming North American tour on which he'll play some rare solo dates accompanied by Radiohead bassist Colin Greenwood. You can check out the full list of dates at the link in the newsletter, and uh, when we get a release date on the album, I'll let you know when that baby's going to come out. Another artist that I'm a huge fan of, Ethel Kane, has announced her last batch of 2023 tour dates in support of her latest album, Preacher's Daughter. She has a number of West Coast dates planned before she heads to Europe and the UK, coming back to the States uh, in September and uh, wrapping things up uh, with a number of dates that are mostly on the East Coast before returning to the West Coast in October to finish things up in Big Sur at the Henry Miller Library and at the Castro Theater in San Francisco on October the 23rd. Ticket for all of those shows are on sale via Ticketmaster right now. And finally in the news this week, Spotify has announced price increases for their premium plans. The first time in uh, 12 years that Spotify has increased the cost of its premium plan. They're raising it by $1 from $9.99 a month to $10.99 a month. The premium duo plan, where you can share it with a loved one, uh, increases by $2 to $14.99 a month. The family plan, which you can share with, I believe, up to five or six people, will go up a dollar to $16.99. And even the student plans will rise $1 from $4.99 to $5.99. The price increases take effect on the next billing cycle. And they are just, you know, following suit. Everyone is raising their prices. Tidal has increased theirs. Uh, YouTube increased theirs. Apple increased theirs just uh, recently, and now Spotify's doing that too. So this all ties back to this week's poll in which I ask, 
if uh, if you care, if you're a Spotify subscriber, do you care? Do you not really care? Are you not even a Spotify subscriber at all? So anyway, do with that information what you will, but be sure to hit up the poll in this week's newsletter and let me know what you think about this price increase. A dollar is not going to make or break anything, in my opinion. I wish they were increasing the prices because more money would then be going to the artists, uh, but they say that they're going to continue innovating, whatever that means. I think ultimately what that means is that the artists are not going to see uh, another cent or fraction thereof, unfortunately. The show must go on. In this week's Z-Rex, Zappa's recommendations, I'm highlighting uh, four things altogether. Two articles, two videos. There's one article and one video for Sinead O'Connor, one article and one video for Randy Meisner. For Sinead O'Connor, there's a live performance from 1991 of Nothing Compares to You, which is beautiful, along with a beautifully penned piece, The Unapologetic Brilliance of Sinead O'Connor by Amanda Petrusich, written for The New Yorker. Uh, I love everything that Amanda writes, and this piece is, is a beautiful tribute. Uh, as well, Randy Meisner, founding member of the L.A. rock band The Eagles Dies at 77 by Stephen Thomas Erlwine, writing for the Los Angeles Times, along with a video of uh, Randy performing Take It to the Limit with The Eagles live at Capitol Center, Washington, D.C., back from 1977. So be sure to check out those recommendations. This week in new releases, there were a lot of them. Aphex Twin dropped new music. Bethany Cosentino's Natural Disaster that I've been talking about a lot in the preceding weeks, that has finally dropped, and uh, it's really great. Got some music from that on the playlist this week. New album from Brad, In the Moment That You're Born. A new album from Darling Side, Everything Is Alive. And let me tell you, out of... uh, out of uh, all of these albums, uh, Bethany Cosentino's is great, and this Darling Side album is also really, 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 really good. Joni Mitchell Live at Newport is out. Madeline Kenny's new album, A New Reality Mind, is out. Post Malone has a new album out. Austin is the title of that album. Stevie Nicks, Complete Studio Albums and Rarities box set. And My Entire Life by Susto just dropped as well. On the release radar, that's upcoming releases for the next 30 to 45 days or so, We can expect new music from Liam Gallagher, Neil Young, The Hives. Aerosmith has a greatest hits compilation coming out, pressed on uh, really sweet-looking red vinyl. Cautious Clay has a new album, Grace Potter, Gregory Allen Isakov, Hosier, John Batiste, Sonic Youth, Talking Heads, Cindy Wilson, Granddaddy, His Golden Messenger, Husker Du, Pretenders, Slow Dive, and Speedy Ortiz. All of that is coming up over the next 30 to 45 days, so be sure to check those out when they drop. Finally, this brings us to On This Date, Musical Happenings of Historical Significance. On this date, July the 31st, birthdays include Bill Berry of R.E.M., Fatboy Slim, Zach Brown. The same day in 1968, the Beatles recorded Hey Jude. So July the 31st of 1968, the Beatles were laying down Hey Jude. That same day, July 31st, in 2015, Morrissey claimed he was sexually assaulted by a security officer at a San Francisco International Airport TSA screening thing. Security camera footage confirmed that nothing out of the ordinary occurred. Ah, that Morrissey. August 1st is a big day for birthdays. Jerry Garcia was born on August the 1st. Robert Cray was born on August the 1st. My friend Chuck D was born on August the 1st. 
Adam Duritz of Counting Crows was born on August 1st. Lots of great big, huge birthdays to celebrate on that day. Also on August 1st, 1987, MTV Europe was launched, and the first video played was Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. August the 2nd, birthdays include singer-songwriter Andrew Gold. Remember Andrew Gold had that hit Lonely Boy back in the uh, late 70s? Uh, Producer-musician Butch Vig celebrates his birthday. Mojo Nixon's birthday is August the 2nd. And on that day in 1976, Peter Watts, the road manager for Pink Floyd at the time, died of a heroin overdose. Watts had supplied the crazed, insane-sounding laughter on Dark Side of the Moon album. That's pretty cool. August the 3rd, birthdays celebrated... For Tony Bennett, Tony Bennett, who just passed away just a couple of weeks shy of his birthday. Uh, so uh, James Hetfield was also born on that day. That same day in 1963, August 3rd, 1963, the Beatles played their last ever performance at the Cavern Club in Liverpool. During their set, a power outage silenced their instruments and plunged the cavern into complete darkness. Interesting. That's a, that's a, that's a hell of a final gig. On August the 4th, we celebrate the birthday of the late, great Louis Armstrong, who was born on that day in 1901. August the 4th in 1967, Pink Floyd released their debut album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn. And on that same day in 1984, Prince started a 24-week run at the top of the U.S. album charts with Purple Rain. The historic musical significance for August the 5th includes birthdays that we celebrate for Pat Smear and Adam Yawk of the Beastie Boys. David Crosby was sentenced to five years in jail in Texas for cocaine and firearms offenses on that date in 1983. He slept through most of his trial. Interesting. That same day in 1992, famed drummer Jeff Porcaro died at the age of 38. And finally, on August the 6th, we celebrate the birthdays of Andy Warhol, who was born on that date in 1928, and the late, great Elliot Smith, who was born August 6, 1969. That same day in 1973, Stevie Wonder was seriously injured when the car he was riding in crashed into a truck near Winston-Salem, North Carolina, leaving him in a coma for four days. The accident also left him without any sense of smell. I did not know that. That's interesting. That same day, in 1982, Pink Floyd's The Wall opened in movie theaters in New York City. And just like that, episode 67 comes to a close, everybody. Thank you for coming back week after week and for supporting Zappagram by listening, by reading, with your subscriptions, by buying my cool Will Work for Vinyl t-shirts. All of your support is greatly appreciated. Be sure to check out the latest issue of Zappagram, number 67. Hit the poll up. Let me know what you think about that. Check out the weekly playlist that I've included. Be sure to listen to all of the great music that went into this week's weekly playlist. I'm going to leave you guys with a joke this week. What's the difference between an accordion and an onion? No one cries when you chop up an accordion. My apologies to anyone out there who loves the accordion, plays the accordion, and my apologies especially to Weird Al, who I happen to know is a big listener of the show. Hey, listen, everybody, I've been your host, Chris Zappa, and I'm out of here. 